I feel like that's asking for what we really want in a nutshell right there. It's like this amazing opportunity to bring something to life by asking for what you really need to resource your dreams and goals. And it all comes with a risk. And in some ways, like if it feels riskier, it means it's really important to you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dia Bondi Show, a big podcast for women with goals. I'm Dia Bondi, and I am on a mission to help women ask for more and get it, resource their dreams, and have a blast doing it. And welcome to episode three. I'm here with my on air producer, the one and only Arthur Leon Adams III, aka Baby Arthur, aka Baby A. Hello, Baby A. Hey, Dia. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. We're recording on a Friday. Yeah. And it feels like a Friday. You know, my schedule is so all over the place. So days don't feel like anything to me anymore, but Is that a pan- is that pandemic related or is that just life related? You know, since I freelance, it's a little bit life related, but uh, for the most part, I would say it's pandemic related. Yeah, totally. Totally. One day bleeds into another. Yeah. Which is actually sort of the thing that's on my mind if I might just like accelerate this conversation a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's going on? Like, well, two things. I have done so many workshops and talks in the last two weeks. And um, I, I was planning on talking about some stuff that was coming up in those, particularly my workshop, Your Most Powerful Ask, live. But um, instead, since it's feeling so Friday-ish, I just am reflecting today or like noticing that how I'm talking about how I'm feeling, I don't want it to sound like that busy complaining. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Because... While I am, while my calendar is full and I am also doing a lot of stuff, I just don't like that story of busyness because it just has that sort of frenetic energy around it. Really what I am right now is super engaged. I'm super engaged. And, you know, when we're super engaged, that can make us tired. And um, it's it's a different kind of, it's like engaged tired is a different kind of tired than busy tired, you know? There is something a little satisfying about it, and I need to take a nap. Yeah, um, I totally know what you mean. Busy can kind of feel like you're treading water or you're not accomplishing anything, and engage feels like, oh, okay, I got a lot of shit done this week. Yeah, and I wonder like how many times we think we're busy when actually we're more productive than we think because the f- because we're like it does have that frenetic energy around it. And one thing that's been really helping me, and this is crazy, it's crazy that I have a podcast for women with goals because my goals, and we'll probably talk more about this on other episodes, my goals don't look like, it's hard to put me into a goal box. Like I don't wanna write down, quantify, you know, break down into bite-sized pieces my goal. Like I, I, my goals are more like, big stakes in the ground, aspirational kinds of goals. I talked about that actually on episode one a little bit with Laura. Like I just, I don't like that, but I have forced myself to, to create a few frameworks where I can track my goals. And what I find is like when I'm engaged and pushing up against feeling kind of busy, that sort of like, oh, what am I doing? I'm just like, I feel like I'm doing so much stuff. Is any of this actually getting any traction? When I go back and look at some of those frameworks to track progress and I see it, That is wildly satisfying. Yeah, yeah, I know that feeling. 
I'm not advocating for everyone to spreadsheet the heck out of their lives. My husband does that and it makes me almost claustrophobic. And actually that's something like, I, I wanna have some goal expert on the show that can talk about like different ways of framing up goals that don't feel claustrophobic for those of us who hate to spreadsheet the heck out of our lives, but then also feels concrete for folks who do like to spreadsheet the heck out of their lives. Like there's gotta be more than, there's gotta be like, a lot of great ways to make goals that are concrete, but don't actually, that, but that actually work for your just sort of natural way of wanting to vision and fulfill progress in your life. So speaking of goals, okay, so I, I, I was, I had planned to talk about some of the stuff that happened in, in the workshops last week. And then I was like, nah, I just want to talk about how like busy, engaged, am I actually moving forward? You know, I was like, that's actually what's present for me today. But now I kind of want to go back to what we what I was planning on talking about in the first place. Can we do that? Yeah, of course. I mean, it is the Dia Bondi show after all. It's your show, baby. It's Friday now, not this last week, but the week before. I did a, a workshop for a group of like unbelievable uh, um, women technologists and uh, we had an anthropologist in the group and um, some people that site reliability engineers and we had just like an incredible mix. There were about 40 women in this workshop I did for a tech company that many of you listening are very familiar with. And um, and one woman brought up a question after the workshop. We do these like follow-up coaching circles as a follow-up to the co- to the to the workshop. And she brought up something that comes up a lot in the workshops, which is like, if I'm trying to make an ask of someone internally, or I'm trying to make something happen, and I've made requests, I've made asks that are you know big, bold, they're aligned to my goals. You know, whether it's sponsorship that I'm asking for somebody for, or promotion, or budget for a project, or headcount, like whatever the thing is, and I notice that the person that I'm making the request of is sort of waffling or is, as she called it, being on the fence. She asked me, how do I get them off the fence? How do I get them to say yes or to say no? Just like get them off the fence. And, you know, it made me think of like, so I've been in the world of, you know, storytelling for years, right? As a communications coach. And my job is to help folks stand on stage or in front of audiences that really matter to put together a story that actually moves their audiences off the fence. Great. Get get, get them to activate towards some kind of shared goal. Fine. But there are also moments, particularly in the asking world, where you have to recognize that somebody being on the fence might just be their passive way of saying no. And we can't get caught too much in trying to figure out how to wrestle somebody off the fence while our lives, our dreams, our goals go by, you know? Like, so my answer to this question of like, if you, listener, are out there waiting for a reply from your manager, from somebody else in a group that you're working with, from a client, from a whomever, you can use something that borrowed from the world of ask, of, of, of asking like an auctioneer, which is to ask, are you in or you out? And if you get silence, guess what? They're out. They're not getting off the fence. And stop letting yourself get breadcrumbed to death, waiting for them to get off the fence while your dreams and goals go by. So sometimes we can strategize to get somebody to say yes or no to us in a concrete way, but if you're just met with silence over and over again, take it as a no. Take it as a no and go around. Find another yard, find another fence, find someone else. Because I don't want, I don't want women who are listening to this podcast, women in my workshops, women who are sort of drawn to the work that I'm doing to feel like they have to spend a whole bunch of time wrestling with an impossibility. 
and because you don't want somebody sitting on the fence to be holding your dreams and goals hostage, period. So when we think about traction, you know, there's a bunch of activities that we do to try to move our goals forward. And those are often in concert with other people. And if they're not actually willing to play in the concert with you, see what I did right there, then then you just need to go make a band with somebody else. But that doesn't need to stop you from wanting to have a band or like actually making one at one point. Anyway, whatever. That's just my, that's kind of my ranto-rama today because, you know, I come up against that in my small business all the time that I need to ask client. I get ghosted, you know, or I get like maybe later, maybe later, maybe later, maybe later. And pretty soon I've wasted time, money, resources, and other and opportunities to pursue other things because I've got a fish hook in my cheek that this person is sort of lodged there and um, keeps me sort of strung along for a point where I've been breadcrumbed you know, to death. So that is, you know, yes, be busy. Yes, be engaged. Also recognize that your goals matter and not everybody deserves your energy to be so convinced all the time. Let them sit on the fence. Yeah, I, I've dealt with that so much with clients and, and I'm just completely over it now. And so I put my stuff out there. I give them my bid. I give them my proposal or whatever. And maybe I follow up once maybe twice. If I don't hear from them again, I just, I move on. Right. And that's not giving up on your dream. No. That's not giving up on what the kind of work you want to do, the kinds of things that you're working on, ladies. But it is about knowing that that situation is a suck of energy and attention and engagement away from your actual goal. So it's a, it's not just a speed bump moment. It's like those people can be a brick wall in your path to success. So yeah, like, yes, I want you to tell great stories. Yes, I want you to convince where you convince. And I also want you to recognize that, like, there is a beauty in the beast situation, and that beast ain't turning into a prince. Walk away, ladies. Walk away. So uh, before we move on to uh, the next part of our show, I just want to remind all the listeners that if you really like what we're doing here, you should definitely subscribe, you should rate, you should write reviews, and you should help the Dia Bondi show reach more people. Even better, if you just sent it to one friend of yours that you think might have some fun with it or they really need to hear what Dia has to say, you should send it to them. We also take listener calls about questions that you might have about important asks in your life. And if you want to call us at 341-333-2997, Dia might answer one of your questions on the show. And speaking of that, we have a listener question today from Jamila. We do. I'm so excited. Are you going to play it for us? Yeah, I'm going to play it right now. Hey, Dia, this is Jamila. I have a question for you. So I am thinking of making a big life change. My family and I are considering moving to Honolulu. It's where I'm from. My dad still lives here. My brother just moved back from New York. So we have a strong family connection and lots of friends from growing up. And given the state of the pandemic and life in Berkeley, I'm just really ready for a change. It seems like an adventure year or maybe longer. And what better time to just explore? So my question is, um, how best could I ask my employer to work remotely? It seems like everyone's working remotely these days, but not at my job. So the expectation in my company is that we show up to work every day. I work in property management, so I'm on site with the crew. 
making sure everything's running smoothly. And so it's really just not part of our work culture to work remotely. That being said, I've definitely proven my loyalty this year and gone, gone above and beyond in a number of situations. And I know that they do trust me, but I'm, I am scared because this is a big ask and I just, I don't want to lose my job. I, I'm the only income earner in our family right now. My husband's unemployed and the kids are out of school because of distance learning. So it feels like an opportunity and a risk. Okay, so I love this question. Yeah, great question. There is so much here. So the thing that really stands out for me right off the bat is she says that, well, a few things, but one thing was toward the end where she said, you know, this is, hi, Jamila, thank you so much for calling in. Um, And see, everyone, it's just that easy. she said it is it is uh, an opportunity. I think she said it is an opportunity and it is also a risk, you know? And I mean, that is, I feel like that's asking for what we really want in a nutshell right there. It's like this this amazing opportunity to bring something to life by asking for what you really need to resource your dreams and goals. And it all comes with a risk. And in some ways, like if it feels riskier, it means it's really important to you. And so um, sometimes we can get messages that tell us like, oh, you're crazy. You shouldn't do that. You know, putting things on the line that way. You know, who do you think you are, et cetera. But the riskier it can feel, that can also be a sign. I'm not saying ignore the risks. I'm saying that's an indication that this is really important, you know, to you or on the pathway to building something that matters to you. So that just like, that's so in a nutshell, what asking is all about. And exactly why asking is so interesting to me as a success strategy, because the one, the asks that really matter are the ones that can talk us out of doing them. <laughs> you know, if, if your most important, most powerful, most, you know, relevant ask that you have on deck this year um, is whispering in your ear that like, if you make me, I, you know, I'm, I might ruin you. You know, there's a really good chance that it's trying to protect something in you that maybe actually doesn't even need protecting. So there's that, like, it's a risk and an opportunity. I just love that. Um, so, so that's one. Two is, you know, she started talking about wanting to make a move and make, ask her, asking her employer if she could work remotely. Now that's a tough one because of, because she's in, you know, she, because of the industry she's in, you know, there's a bunch of constraints around that, which are really tied to like the storytelling and the problem solving of the ask. But what it's got my attention inside of the ask is not how to make it, but like, what is it for? You know, she says like, is she really like, I want to move to Hawaii or what I heard in that was I want adventure. I want an exploration. I want to change. And that can come in lots of different forms. That can come in living on the road in the United States in an RV for a year. That can come in taking a painting class. That could come in so many other packages. So the issue for me as I listen to this, if, if Jamila were on the call with us, I'd want to understand what is it that this particular request of your employer is, what need is it actually satisfying? Because it can look like I have a need to move to Hawaii when really the need is I need more adventure in my life. You know, on the um, first episode, I talked a little bit about how 
the kinds of asks that we make fall into four categories with sort of a fifth bonus category. One is money, one is uh, one is authority, one is influence, one is balance. And I think about bringing our internal and world, ourselves, our inner selves and our external situations more in alignment, more in balance with one another. And then there's the fifth, there's the fifth category, which is fun. You know, I talk to a lot of women who are like, I'm just not having any fun anymore. I don't love this work anymore. I don't like this place anymore. I don't love this industry anymore. And so uh, I would want to understand from from Jamila first, like, what is the real desire here? And is actually asking to, to work or move to asking to work remotely so you can live, um, you know, on an island in the middle of the ocean, you know, the actual ask you need to make to get more of that adventure in your life. Like, are the risks associated with that ask as, you know, super necessary? There might be a different kind of risk that still feels risky but doesn't – that doesn't have so much, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't have so much heat in it that would allow you still to get your need met around adventure. So that's the first place I would always look. What am I, what am I, what need is this ask actually making? That's the first part. The second part is how do I ask him? Well, for one, I'd want to understand really clearly what, what is your, I, I think, um, I, I'm, I'm not totally sure, but I think her boss is a uh, business owner, is a man. And I would want to find out from him what his goals are in the business in the next 12 to 18 months and whether those goals are actually dependent on her being a, an on-site project manager. Because she might be able to find a place where she can help him reach his goals in a way that is actually not geographically dependent. Now, does that mean she's going to make the ask and move tomorrow? Maybe not, but she might be actually solving a problem for him or seeing where she could fit into his business in a way he wasn't considering before so that he can reach his goals faster. And making that ask makes it possible for her to get more adventure, whatever package that ends up looking like, um, or however that gets packaged up. Um, or in fact, moving to Hawaii is if that's the thing that satisfies the adventure need. So I'd want to understand what their goals are, what his goals are, so you can align your goals to his goals and make it not dependent on being on site all the time. You know, it, it's a really, I think inside of every ask, there can be an offer. And if you understand the need of your audience and the need of the person in front of you, you can meet their need while you also meet your own. And when you identify a way you can meet their need with inside of your ask, that ask can is emboldened. It is more possible to make the bigger version of the ask, I think, because it means that you getting what you want, um, if you can align it to get them getting what they want, then it's more possible for you to make the bigger, more bolder, more beautiful, more colorful, more fruitful kind of ask. So those are sort of the three bits here. No joke, you know, no joke. It feels like an opportunity and a risk all balled up in one. Yes, preach. That is what these things are. And is exactly why I don't want women to lowball themselves just because it feels risky. It might in fact be risky, but it's a moment to pay attention to how do I respect the risk and not let it talk me out of my dreams. So those are my thoughts. I think, you know, there's sort of three points here. One is damn right. It's an opportunity and a risk. That's sort of the bizarre tension and the beauty of the most strategic and big asks we can make to help us reach our goals. They are, they have both of those things, wild opportunity and, and perceived or real 
um, risk. We just have to understand if it's actually perceived or real. Um, secondly, that we have to understand like our initial thing we think we might be asking for might not actually be the thing that we need to ask for in order to satisfy the need. So we always want to look at like what what is the real need here? And for Jamila, is it really moving to Hawaii? I'm not doubting her. All you women get to want what you want, okay? You get to ask for what you want. I just want to understand is the ask you're making the actual thing that will bring to life the need that might be hiding or sort of folded under um, a different, a a, a need that you've identified that might actually not be the thing that needs to get satisfied. So I would look at that again. What am I really, what am I really looking for here? And then third, I'd want to understand, I, I want Jamila to always understand what is the people that she's making asks of, in this case for her employer, what are his goals in the next 12 to 18 months? And how is making this ask something that can, that, that, she can paint the picture for how those goals can be can actually be brought to life for him while she's also bringing to life her goal to have more adventure uh, in in her life. So those are the three points. Um, I hope if you're listening and you're somebody who has a big ask on deck, you can go back and maybe um, pat yourself on the back to say, yep, feels risky for a reason. Yay, look at me, I'm so courageous. Two, to ask yourself, what what real need am I satisfying with this ask? And three, how does my ask actually help the person I'm making the request of bring their own goals, live their own values, bring their own dreams to life, even just a little tiny bit? So at the end of our episodes, we usually wrap like, what are the big ideas of the day? But I think I just did that for you. I had those three right there. You know, the the big thing for me is that whole ask-offer dynamic that you're talking about where, like, it is possible, you know, obviously not in every situation, that your ask can actually help fulfill a need for the person you're asking it from if you offer something to them, you know, while you ask or even in lieu of asking. So that's, that's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, and it's kind of, that is sort of like a little bit of a treasure hunt, you know. Sometimes the the offer inside of the ask is really implicit, and sometimes it's very explicit. Sometimes it's very transactional. Sometimes it's more aspirational. But it's an interesting thing to snoop around for, you know. The biggest ask I ever made in my life was literally, "Will you teach me?" to my early mentor. And I didn't say, "Here's what I'll do for you," but inside of that, you know, he, I knew he had a huge. He had, his heart was in the world of mentoring and teaching others. And I knew that, that will you teach me? It was a true and accurate ask. And inside of it was an offer to be a really good student to him, to, to help him live on, help his legacy and his own intellectual property, his own ideas, his own impact live on and through me. Like that's no joke. And that was present. I could feel it, even though it wasn't super explicit. So sometimes, yeah, that ask offer will be dynamic, will be very explicit, and sometimes it'll be very implicit. All right, so there it is. That's episode three in the can. Is that right? Episode three in the can. That's right. Episode three in the can. Love it. See you guys. Yeah. Bye, everyone. This podcast is a production of Dia Bondi Communications and is produced and musicified by Arthur Leon Adams III, a.k.a. Baby A. You can like, share, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Find us at diabondi.com or follow us on Instagram at The Dia Bondi Show. Want to shoot us a question for the show? Call us at 341-333-2997.